welcome everyone today. If you're a guest with us today, we are so happy to have you in service today with us on this special Sunday, Christmas Eve. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. And I know we've got a number of people that are traveling for the holidays and also, unfortunately, a number of people that are battling sickness uh, this morning. Um, So if you're joining us online, wherever you're joining us from, we welcome you as a a part of this service. And um, thank you for joining in with us. We got double gingerbreads now over there. Yeah. 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 Oh, they do light. They light. Those light up too. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. Not everybody can see it. So come up. You might as well. Come on. If you're going to wear it, you might as well be seen. I, 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 I don't, I mean, oh, I know you hate attention. I know that. Oh yeah. The people in the back still can't see you. Come on, you got it. You might as well. Ah, uh, yeah. Look at that. Can we bring the lights down low? <laughs> no. uh, you guys got some competition today, though. Brother Nathaniel Rue has thrown his hat in the ring for Christmas. Uh, Christmas. Oh, and all righty. Amen. As I agree with my wife, and, and, I mean, we, church is not supposed to be dead, dull, and boring. We can, we can have a good time. Amen. Amen. Before I preach, I, I don't know, sometimes I get a song on my heart that has something to do with the message. Sometimes I just, I just get a song. And I don't know why, but this morning, and this, this song just started going over in my spirit and I had it cranking while I was getting dressed and, and um, anybody glad today that you know who Jesus is I just such a worshipful atmosphere here and I just I just want us to sing one more song of worship and as we do if you just would just let it pour out of your heart, your spirit today. Old things have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. Your constant grace Remains the cornerstone. Thank you, Jesus. And things that we thought were dead are breathing in life again. You cause your sun to shine on darkest nights. All that you've done, we will pour out our love. This will be our anthem song. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. 
love you. Oh, how we love you. Oh, how we love you, Jesus. You are the one our hearts adore. Hearts adore. Jesus, we Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Such a wonderful presence of the Lord here today. I'm thankful for that. Matthew chapter 6. I know it's Christmas Eve and perhaps some, even many of you have come expecting to hear the Christmas story this morning. I don't mean this unkindly, but if you don't already know it, that's kind of surprising. And I don't uh, I don't just pick what to preach. I pray and seek God's direction. And if it has to do specifically with whatever's going on, so be it. If not, as my dad has said many times, he's the founding pastor here. I just work here. I feel like the Lord has laid something on my heart for today. And, um, you know, Christianity is not supposed to just affect what you do on Sunday. If it just gets limited to Sunday or a couple of holidays a year, you're missing out. It's supposed to affect and influence, govern every area of our lives. And I think it's a sad thing when people go to church faithfully and yet still live with many areas of their lives in dysfunction. I told you Thursday night, although I don't know that, I don't think this will be quite as heavy, but one of these days I'll get to just preach a fluffy, lovely holiday message. But uh, anyway. So Matthew 6 and verse 19, Jesus says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, There will your heart be also. The Passion Translation says it this way, verse 19. Don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. 
Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures. Heavenly treasures are eternal realities, such as loving others and doing good, revealing truth and bringing Christ's light to the lost. None of these treasures can be stolen or ever, lo- or ever lose their value for, for yourselves that none of these treasures can be. Oh, that's, let's, let's, let's back up and skip the uh, brackets. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. For your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. And then verse 21 in just the Message Bible, it says it this way. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. My title this morning, it may end up applying in the way you may think it applies, but I think it will also have application beyond just that. I want to preach to you this morning for a little bit on this subject. Home is where the heart is. Father, thank you for your presence in this place today. Thank you, God. We haven't gathered today to just go through the motions of a religious activity. And while there are so many that are recognizing today, tomorrow, focusing on it and acknowledging your birth, Lord, we, we are here today doing what we usually do, lifting your name up, exalting you because you're worthy. And so I pray, God, that you would minister here today. Lord, we haven't come. I feel our worship has demonstrated this morning. We haven't come just to, to go through the motions of church today out of obligation, but we have come to lift you up and exalt you. And I pray now, God, that more than just a sermon for this service this morning, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and our lives today, that you would give us ears to hear what you would desire to say to us. I trust you again this morning. I depend on you today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The word heart, I realize you and I think of that word probably first and foremost in the context of the natural organ of the heart, but throughout Scripture, that's usually not what it refers to. Strong's Concordance says that the heart is, it is the thoughts or feelings. It also means, according to Thayer's Greek lexicon, it is the center and seat of spiritual life. The soul or mind as it is the fountain and seat of the thoughts, passions, desires, appetites, affections, purposes, endeavors. So wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be. Wherever your treasure is, that's where you're going to be drawn to, you're going to invest in, you're going to, to spend your resources on and Obviously, in the context of what Jesus was talking about here, He was talking about heaven and that being the place where our treasure is. But I do want to apply the application this morning as well that, that home and, and home today is, is, not the, 
It's not the house, the apartment, the condo, the residence you live in, but home is where your heart is. It's where the people gather together. There's people that live here today in the state of Maryland, but it's not home. We're still praying for you to realize the blessing that God has given you by bringing you to Maryland. And there's no better place to be home than Maryland. And that's the beauty of me having the microphone and not you. I pray you not be deceived, but... The old song says, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. I read a statement a couple of weeks ago, the book I was reading, and it says this, the truest treasures in life are closely connected with heartbeats, with people, not records or accomplishments. Yet most people are chasing after accomplishments. Most people are tra- chasing after things that, that don't have a heartbeat. I, uh, I, I, I don't understand after 30 plus years of marriage and adult kids, I don't understand how anybody ever washes the mixer, what do you call the, the attachments on the mixer, the beaters or whatever. I don't understand how anybody ever washes those or the mixing bowl until I have had a chance to partake of it. <laughs> All of the bakers in my house know It's very frustrating. I feel very unloved when I walk into the kitchen and there's already water in the mix from the cake or the brownies. If you've never had Pillsbury cookie dough straight out of the fridge, you, you, that's not good for you. That, it's got this and that. I'm, I'm 50, 52 years old, 52 or 52. I wanted to say one, but. I'm 52. I'm I'm doing all right. One time as a teenager, I convinced my mom. I convinced my mom to make me a bowl of cake batter. I didn't just want the leftovers from what was poured in. she, she, She kind of fussed with me and finally she agreed. I was convinced I wanted that bowl of cake batter. I am here today to tell you that the residue on the beaters or in the bowl is more than enough. (laughs) I don't know if I really even put a dent in that bowl. The sad thing is there's a lot of people living for the cake batter. Or living for the fixins. I, I, I'm not a sauce person. I, 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 if I like food to be good enough by itself. To me, the best fries are the ones that don't need ketchup. And, and, and you know, and we got any Chick-fil-A sauce people today? Yeah. Anybody been to Cane's yet? Any of you 
folks locally you haven't been how many of us know how many of you never been to canes raising canes chicken oh man i think they started in the south they are in uh they're in uh y'all 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 needed to egg me on because i'm getting hungrier and hungrier <laughs> canes chicken now there's one in crofton and uh they i think they started in the south and and uh but but i i'm told it's all about the sauce I don't like sauce, so we go to Chick-fil-A and any sauces in my family, we, we want Chick-fil-A sauce. How many? A bunch. <laughs> I, I'm not going to be surprised if I get an answer on this one. I'm not really expecting it, but is there anybody here that you just get Chick-fil-A sauce and you just like open it and squeeze it straight sauce? Anybody? <laughs> wow, I really thought I, would, might, I might get at least one. How many Chick-fil-A sauce people? So it's not really just about the sauce. It's about having something to put it on. Let me tell you something today. If you're living for the sauce, if you're living for the things that are temporal and pass away, you can never find true peace and joy. You will never find contentment. Jesus said, I've come that you, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He also said, seek first the kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Live in a world where we are bombarded by advertising even more than ever before. You, you can hardly scroll social media now without it being full of advertising and telling you all of the great things you don't have that you need. In the course of the next several hours, the next several days, how many presents are going to be unwrapped with some level of excitement only to be left in the closet in a day or two. <laughs> because all of those things are just the additions. Anybody appreciate having air conditioning in your car? Heat in your car? Anybody appreciate heated seats? Any, yeah, any, all of those things are wonderful, but they're all extras. You, you, you need an engine. You need, you need the ability to go someplace. Let me tell you something. Life is not in the abundance of the things that we possess. But peace and joy and happiness starts off with understanding that it's Jesus that has to be at the center of it all. Everything else is just an addition. I find it interesting because Jesus Himself even demonstrated that life is not about the intangibles and it's not about the things and the possessions, but it's, it's about those relationships. I used this verse a couple of nights ago at Sister Kimmy's uh, mother's funeral, but, but I think, I think uh, you find a demonstration of Jesus' humanity in John chapter 11 in the story of Lazarus, and, 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 and you see where Jesus, we know Jesus as God manifested in the flesh, loved everybody, cared about everybody, but we also find that, that he, he had some natural tendencies to, to, to make some relationship connections beyond just the, the, the surface. John 11, verse number 5 in the Amplified Bible 
It says this, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. They were His dear friends and He held them in loving esteem. He hadn't... The the, the disciples struggled because they were waiting for Him to to establish this natural kingdom and do all of this natural stuff. And He had come to demonstrate that you can have all of that stuff. You can have power and success. but, But if you don't have the source, it's not enough. Where your treasure is, where your treasure is, that's where your Heart is going to be. Luke chapter 12 and verse 13. Jesus responds in the course of a conversation. One of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Amplified Bible says, He said to them, Guard yourselves and keep free from all covetousness. The immoderate desire for wealth, the greedy longing to have more. For a man's life does not consist in and is not derived from possessing overflowing abundance or that which is over and above his needs. Lastly, the Living Bible says, Beware, don't always be wishing for what you don't have, for real life and real living are not related to how rich we are. Beware, don't always be wishing for what you don't have, for real life and real living are not related to how rich we are. It's not related to what your 401k has or what your stocks and, 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 and all of those investments are. It's not related to the house you live in, the car you drive, the clothes you wear, the places you go on vacation. That's where, not where life is. But life starts with a heart that has its treasure first and foremost laid up in heavenly places. What a changing world that we are living in. Seems like nothing remains the same. Even in the course of just regular life, things are constantly changing, but we're in a world that is changing. Those of us that are midlife and older can think back to earlier years and how different things are now. Things that things that we used to value, things that we used to treasure that, that are not really a part of life anymore. Places we would go, things that we would do, that they're not the same anymore. We went down to D.C. Friday evening for some of our family time, and, and uh, we, we were driving around, and everybody had gotten out of the car to go in a couple different places, and my son-in-law Jalen and I were the ones that were still in the car, and and um, we were riding around in D.C. and I, I just made the statement: it just it's amazing how many places you travel and see abandoned buildings, things that were once thriving, manufacturing, office space, retail space. Anybody? When's the last time you've been to the Annapolis Mall? It's been a while for me. 
The last time I went, it's, it's so much of it's like a ghost town. If, if, you put your, if, if you put your value on those temporal things, Paul said it this way. He said, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, because the things which are seen are temporal, they're temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. My wife and I are embarking on that season of life that so many of you have already been through called empty nest. Wow, we, we, were, we had some, again, some family time last night and, and on our way home from uh, our kids' our kids' houses, residence, whatever, we pulled in our old neighborhood. I am a sentimental fool. I have several recurring dreams every now and then. One of them has to do with college, and it's my final exam out of all exams, and I cannot remember what building my exam is. I have no idea what that exam is about. Thankfully, I finally wake up and remember I already have my degree. The other one I have has to do with places we lived before, moving back into those places. We rode through there, and I'm thinking, man, it, it, was, it was the house that our kids spent much of their early childhood in. And can we rewind the clock? If, if your value, if, if, what you, if what you treasure is something temporal... I don't care what it is, it does not last. And and that's why relationship, marriage, friendship, parents, kids, that's why those relationships has got to be the icing on the cake and not the cake. Because even those change and, and, and transition in different seasons. And so you got to make sure that first and foremost, your treasure has nothing to do with this life. It has to do with the life that's to come. Psalms 37 and verse 16, the psalmist says, A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. Proverbs 15, 16, Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Proverbs 16, 16, how much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? Ecclesiastes 4 and 6 says, better is a handful with quietness than both the hands full with travail and vexation of spirit. There's neighborhoods in our area that we could drive around this afternoon and See houses that no matter where you live, I can guarantee you we could find a house that's bigger and nicer and more expensive than yours. We can drive through those and see those houses and think, man, if I could just live there. Isn't it amazing? We always, we have this struggle. I know some of you don't, but, but bear with the rest of us humans. If we could just get a little nicer car, if, if we could live in just a little better house, if, if we could make just a little bit more money, if we could just go on a little better vacation, we, we would be, no, you wouldn't. 
No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Because life does not consist in what we possess and and temporary treasures cannot fill the void that only Jesus first and foremost can fulfill. Better is a handful. Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 10 in the, in the, excuse me, in the New Century Version says it this way, Whoever loves money will never have enough money. Whoever loves wealth will not be satisfied with it. This is all useless. The more wealth people have, the more friends they have to help spend it. I think we could paraphrase that one as well. The more kids people have, the more help they have to spend it. I thought diapers were expensive. It just gets more and more expensive the older they get. So what do people really gain? They gain nothing except to look at their riches. Those who work hard, sleep in peace. It is not important if they eat little or much, but rich people worry about their wealth and cannot sleep. I've seen real misery here on earth. Money saved is a curse to its owners. Sorry, Dave Ramsey. They lose it all in a bad deal and have nothing to give to their children. People come into this world with nothing and when they die, they leave with nothing. In spite of all their hard work, they leave just as they came. I've said this many times before, but have you ever seen in a funeral procession a U-Haul trailer? Never. Anybody, this was a topic of conversation in the car the other day. Anybody, there, there, are, there are self-storage places going up everywhere. A, a high percentage of new construction is storage places. On Route 50, within a stone's throw, as they say of each other, is the, the, the same, I don't know if they got the same owners, but it's the same chain of Storage places. In in Pasadena, there's public storage place that there's a couple of those across the highway from each other. We we all go the same way. In a box or an urn. You can't take it all with you. You don't take anything with you. But there are some treasures that can be waiting on you. There are some things that you can have knowing that it doesn't matter what the economy does. We were, we were, they were, we were talking last night. We, we, we were, we did a, we, we did a little, forgive me for, for sharing our stuff with you, but I don't know your stuff, so. And I know some of your stuff and I try not to share it because it's your stuff. (laughs) But we, we had dinner, we, we, Friday evening and yesterday was kind of our family Christmas time as, as the, the uh, married couples have different things they're juggling in the next couple of days. And so we did dinner and, uh, and then we, we went to each of their places to, to just spend a few minutes and see their Christmas decorations and stuff. And we got to talking at one of them, uh, one, of their, one of their houses about how, how, I mean, for you young couples today trying to get your first place, 
I mean, you, 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 you have to pay for a townhouse what uh, today, what, what, it's not coming out right. What am I trying to say? <laughs> you, you, you can't touch a new house today for, for the price of, should have written this out, then I would have got it out right. Thank you. Was that you, Brother Tony? Thank you for that help. He said, y'all know what I'm trying to say, so I'll take it. Crazy. You, you... And, and, and yet there's this, there's this pressure and these expectations, and there's nothing wrong with some natural desires. But, but if, if you're living for those things that you, you have so much challenge to try to, to achieve, it's not where it comes from. Seek ye first. Seek ye first the kingdom. I've seen real misery here on earth. Money saved is a curse to its owners. They, they lose it all in a bad deal and have nothing to give their children. People come into this world with nothing and when they die, they leave with nothing. In spite of all their hard work, they leave just as they came. This too is real men- misery. They leave just as they came. So what do they gain from chasing the wind? All they get are days full of sadness, sorrow, and they end up sick, defeated, and angry. I think I finished this point earlier, so I'll come back to it. <laughs> Drive by houses, and you, you think that because it's a big, beautiful house, it's got a well-manicured yard, that, boy, there must be all kinds of joy and peace inside that house. And what some of you fail to realize is the residence that you live in that may not be as nice. Maybe it's just an apartment that's only got a couple of rooms, and you're squeezed in there with family. But the peace and the joy and the relationships in that home... People would die to have what you have in those big fancy houses. Home. Home. I will pause here for a moment to challenge. And I realize that we've got different demographics here today. and Not everybody sitting here is married couples with families. I, I realize we got a lot of different dynamics, but pardon me to just challenge, especially those families here today that you've got teenagers and kids still at home. I, I, I challenge you today to make your, make your treasures at home. The people, the things, we... we, we I'm, I'm sorry, Just you'll have to humor me, bear with me. But, but it, 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 is, it is this neat thing starting to watch things that, that my wife and I did years ago in, intentionally, and especially her. She was way, way more thoughtful in some things and creating traditions and, and, and uh, things we would do. And, and back when we did them, it's like, does this really matter? Is this really... And yesterday was a was a very uh, very unique special moment as as she had given uh, a book that we used to read stories from each Christmas Eve and sitting there with all adults, mom read that story or read a story, and sitting there and seeing what years ago seemed to be small and insignificant. 
beginning to hear my adult kids reference back to that. I know a bunch of you here today got little ones, and, 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 and I, I, I know, we, you know we, we try to avoid that word tradition, religious tradition, and I, I don't have a problem with that, but I don't think there's anything wrong with building some family traditions. Some things, I mean, it, 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 sorry, just the nature of being the, the preacher's kid, but even just the last few years, watching things that I thought we would probably outgrow them years ago, that we still continued to do them. I, I, I challenge you today, if work is where your heart is, if your career is where your heart is, If something to do with this life is where your heart is, you need to put it at home. Treasures need to be at home. All of that other stuff needs to be the additions to it all. I'm a sports fan. I enjoy playing sports and I enjoy watching sports. It's amazing to me that in whatever the sport is, whether it's, and, and whatever the championship is called, if it's called the World Series or the Super Bowl or just the finals or whatever, as soon as you have won, you really only have a few moments, a few days to enjoy because the focus now becomes next year. And while you may now be the reigning Super Bowl champs, or the reigning fight, that, that's all short-lived. How sad is it when people chase and give their lives chasing something, sacrificing relationships and friendships for something that when they finally achieve it, it is so empty. Paul said something similar in 1 Timothy 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Having food and raiment, let us be content. Having food and raiment. I can see nobody has an issue with raiment today. Thankfully, you may not have all the raiment you want. You may not have all the clothing you want. But, and if you're sitting here this morning and you don't have any food, please see me after service and we will make sure that is fixed. But for the most part, most of us sitting here today, we, we have our needs supplied. And How many of you, whether you're a guest or you're regular member here. How many of you have got some things that you, you, you just, that you, your heart is someplace where you feel like, if I just had that, and, 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 and we're all about family. I believe the Word of God gives us all kinds of guidance on marriage and relationships, parenting, and all of that stuff. But, but, but at the end of the day, those relationships cannot be the fulfillment. They've, they've got to be the the, the bonus, the excess, having food and raiment. Let us be content. Proverbs 30, verse number 7, says this. Two things 
have I required of thee? Deny me them not before I die. How many of you have lived your life dreaming of being mediocre? Anybody? I want to grow up. I want to be mediocre. You know what we're about to read? A prayer for mediocrity. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. I want to be in the middle. Feed me with food convenient for me. Why? Because if I get too full, I may deny you and say, Who is the Lord? I've watched in my lifetime, born and raised in this church, I've watched as people started off with very little, naturally speaking, and God began to bless them. And it's sad to see at times when people that God began to bless with natural things, better job, better houses, better cars, they reach the place where they forget that it wasn't their ability, it wasn't their talent, it wasn't their skills that provided what they have, but it was the blessings of God. Who is the Lord? Or, lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Don't let me have so much. The the scripture says of the children of Israel, the Lord warns them as they're in the process of going from Egypt to the promised land. The, The Lord warns them that when you get into the promised land and you start living in houses and reaping from vineyards and living in cities that you didn't build, I'm concerned that when you get there, you will forget me. He never expressed concern one time when they were in the wilderness. Why wasn't he worried about them forgetting them him in the wilderness? Because they knew if he doesn't provide our food, we've got nothing to eat. If if he doesn't take care of us, we are hopeless. And so they, they didn't forget God then, but he was worried that when they started experiencing the blessing, that at that point, who, who is the Lord? You know how many of you have been blessed today with being stuck somewhere in the middle? You're not so poor, you're stealing to eat. And you're not so wealthy that you have forgotten the Lord. It's amazing read the stories, and obviously not all of them are this way, but to read the stories of professional athletes who signed contracts for multi-millions of dollars, only to get done with their careers and in a very short time. I read just a couple of Weeks ago, the story of Joe Smith, number one draft pick from the University of Maryland years ago. Earned millions of dollars in the NBA. 
only afterwards to at one point be down to just a couple thousand dollars. Why? Because of trying to use temporal fleeting things as the fulfillment of what only Jesus preach to people today that many of you've got way more treasure than you often realize. Some of you, I realize not everybody here celebrates Christmas and gives gifts and all of that, so pardon me for a moment. Some of you, perhaps in the course of the next day or so, your family's going to gather around the living room and open some presents. And for some of you, it may only be a gift or two. and may only be inexpensive at that. I beg you today not to miss the value of that spouse that you're sitting there enjoying that moment with. Not to miss the joy of those kids and the smiles on their faces. I used to get a little irritated, not really, but my wife and I, we'd spend hundreds of dollars or whatever trying to buy my parents Christmas presents. That, and they'd open them and they'd appreciate them, they'd like them, but back in the day we'd make a dollar store trip with four kids and it felt like the dollar store gifts were valued way more than our expensive gifts. Where's your treasure today? I, I know this is, I guess, a little bit different, but where's your, where's your treasure? First and foremost, it's got to be in heaven. I had the amazing, amazing privilege Friday of a couple of my kids. We had some sickness going through the family with a couple of my kids, my wife and I getting to go to lunch with my 94-year-old grandmother. I've listened to her several times now in the last couple of years as she has expressed to me, I'm, I'm ready to go home. I love all y'all. Love my family, love my kids, but I'm, I'm ready to go. Why? Because for decades, decades, been laying up treasure. When my grandmother passes away, unless there's a big surprise that we don't know about, my cousin, my brother, and I, we're, we're not waiting on a big monetary inherent, inheritance from my grandmother. 
I don't expect that we're going to get called to the attorney's office as he reads her will and divvies up all of her earthly riches. But every morning, for God only knows how many years, probably 52, my name gets called out in prayer. My family gets called out in prayer. I don't say this lightly, frivolously. I'll take that any day. Over some wealthy person's will that's full of millions or billions of dollars. Because all of that is temporary. But there are some things that are going to last. They're not just here today and gone tomorrow. So as we close out this Christmas Eve service this morning, would you just would you just bow your head, close your eyes right where you are? Would you would you just take a moment just between you and Jesus? You just do some evaluation or reevaluation. Where where is your treasure? First and foremost, I pray that, as Jesus said, it's in heaven where moth and rust cannot decay, where robbers and thieves cannot break in and take it away. I pray that that's first and foremost, but I I pray secondly that whatever your current life status is, single, married, widowed, whatever it is, whatever the the, the relationships that you've got, that that would also be the place where your heart is. Not in the possessions, not in the toys you may own or the trinkets you may have, but heartbeats, relationships. Father, Pray that you would help us today, Lord. The the wise man said there's nothing new under the sun. It's always been a struggle to be content with whatever condition we find ourselves. Lord, it started in the garden when all there was was a bunch of fruit. You gave them access to everything in the garden but one. That was the one thing they got so caught up in wanting. So it's nothing new. The the, the struggles of our heart, the struggles of our flesh, there's nothing new. But Lord, what is new is, is the ways in which we are bombarded. The number of ways in which messages are sent to to stir up a lack of contentment in us. Advertising in so many different mediums seem to constantly tell us what we're missing, what we're lacking, what what we need to make us happy. God, help us today to put our 
treasures in the right place, that our affections would be in the right place. To value those things that have eternal significance and importance, not those things that last for a moment. Help us today. I pray, God, that you would renew our our love for you, our appreciation and value for you, that it's not in the things we possess that gives us peace and joy, but it's you. Help us today. Help us today, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I heard a statistic on the radio a couple days ago. One of the stations I was listening to for Christmas music. I missed the first part of it. I think they were talking, if I'm not mistaken, It sounded as though they were talking about pictures especially. That on social media, only 37%, only 37% of the pictures you see on social media are unfiltered, undoctored in some way. That means the great majority of what you see is altered in some way. How many people live struggling to be content because of a lie? Trying to strive and reach for something that's not even real. Anybody else around went to picture people years ago? Had one in the mall by what used to be Nordstrom. We're going there with the kids when they were young. I think, I mean, I'm talking six and under, four kids, six and under. I'm, I'm pretty confident that before we left the house, the four of them had a meeting somewhere each time. And agreed, who's going to be in a bad mood today? Which one of us is going to give mom and dad a hard time at the pictures today? Because every time, at least one. And you'd go through dozens of pictures to capture that one where everybody was smiling. You didn't see the hundreds of others with frowns and red faces from crying. Are you, are you striving to achieve something based on stuff that's not even real? Or are you living for the genuine based on what the Word of God says? The old song says, Jesus, Jesus is the answer. He always has been. He always will be. Father, thank you for the opportunity to gather together today and be in your presence, to be together with people of like precious faith.
I pray your blessings upon every individual here today. Lord, whatever, whatever plans may be in the course of the next 24 to 48 hours, some that may have no plans, Lord, you're with us, you're going to be with us. I pray your blessings upon every person here today, every, every family, every life, Lord. That in the midst of whatever activities there may be in the next several days, that at the heart of it all, you are what, you are what makes life worth living. You are the source of peace, joy, and happiness. Be with us. Let your presence be with us. Lord, we, we don't leave your presence here when we go from this place, but your presence is with us wherever we go. So let your presence abide with us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. Again, to all of our guests, thank you for being here. And If you've never been in service with us before, please, please come back on a regular weekend and See what we're like on non-holidays. We are so thankful you were here today. Encourage you to take a few moments, greet one another, somebody around you you haven't met yet. Take the time to meet them and welcome them. In Jesus' name.